Precision Medicine holds great promise for treating genetic diseases such as certain types of cancers. To drive progress, Harvard Business School Executive Education has developed a new program, Accelerating Innovation in Precision Medicine, which brings together leaders from business, science, medicine, and technology to explore new models for advancing personalized medicine. The program takes place on the Boston campus in September. Learn more by clicking the banner or visiting hbs.me precision. That's hbs.me precision. Hello and welcome to episode 63 of Motherhood in Hollywood. I'm really over the moon to share this interview with you today. My guest is singer and songwriter and one of my personal favorite musicians in the world, Mike Doty. And you're going to get a chance to hear from him about how he creates his music and actually hear some of his songs in this interview today as well. So I am really, really jazzed for this one. (laughs) I'm also really excited to tell you guys about Up For Probiotics. Up For Probiotics is the sponsor of Motherhood in Hollywood, and I'm so excited to be able to work with them because I truly believe in the products that they offer. If you've ever wondered what a probiotic is or does, this is a great way to check it out and try it. Go to motherhoodinhollywood.com, click on the Up For Probiotics image, and that will take you to Up For where you can learn more about how Up For Probiotics can make a difference in your gut health. It can also help if you're suffering from any urinary tract issues, poor digestion, a weakened immune system. They can all benefit from the use of probiotics. Go now, motherhoodinhollywood.com, click on the Up For Probiotics image, or you can also find Up For in your local Target store. They have a variety of probiotics offered for anyone from kids age all the way up to seniors. So check it out. Up for probiotics has been making probiotics since 1979. And I want to tell you guys about the new Lansino smart pump. It is the first breast pump to use Bluetooth technology. That's because it pairs with the Lansino baby app to track pumping, automatically record the date and time and duration of each pumping session. It is such a helpful tool for new moms. If you're about to have a baby, want to have a baby, or you've maybe just had a baby, definitely go to motherhoodinhollywood.com and click on the Lansino image. And that will take you right to Lansino where you can find out more about their new Bluetooth smart pump. It's completely customizable for comfort and to help moms get the most out of every pumping session as three pumping styles, eight adjustable suction levels, and it's easily adjusted with the touch of a button. Definitely go to motherhoodandhollywood.com, click on the Lansino image, find out how the Lansino smart pump can work for you. Finally, there's a smarter way to pump. Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host, Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's Heather. Okay, everybody. So I am super excited today because I'm going to skip the mommy monologue that I usually do in lieu of a very special guest that I have in studio. Um, Mr. Mike Doty is here with me today. Hello. Hello. Hey, thanks Hi. for having me. And um, What a lovely home you have. Thank you this so much. This is literally the nicest podcasting space I have ever been in. That's so that's so nice to hear because I worked really hard to kind of put it all together yeah. and, and like do a be a profesh even though it's in my home. Yeah, I mean, but it, it looks like it looks like someplace that human beings would actually live they their lives. Live. It's not right. like an egg crated <laughs> 
a foam hole in a, right. in a basement. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I actually like took some time and invested into it, so I'm glad you. I'm glad you. Approved. Yeah, it's gorgeous. I'm kind of shocked, actually. Um, I also want to let everybody know that there's another guest with me me here today. My husband Chris Hello. is going to be is going to be like co-hosting this interview for a couple of different reasons. One, because Chris used to be a radio DJ and Many knows years. far more about music than I do, <laughs> <laughs> even though I am a big fan of yours. He still is like the expert in music and um i know he also has some questions for you but the other reason is and for those of you who've been fans of the show for a while you know that we recently celebrated our 15th wedding anniversary congratulations thank you you. and um one of the things i wanted to surprise him with for our anniversary was um having you on as a guest oh yeah yeah really when did you find out uh, during our anniversary trip, yeah, we, in May. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. I actually, what I did was I printed out what looked like a Ticketmaster kind of ticket. Yeah. I put your picture on it. I put like a fake barcode oh. on it, and I was like, you know, Mike Doty live, and it was like in the Motherhood in Hollywood uh. studio. So he opened it up and was like, oh, cool, Mike Doty, and then he was like, <laughs> what? what? Um, we so, are going to need to see that barcode though. <laughs> right. Please. I know. Just, <laughs> just to let QR him, code let us scanner in. on my phone and. <laughs> So you are basically my um, anniversary gift to him. Well, I'm Is that glad weird? Glad to be it. Very <laughs> happy to be part of the so process. Happy. I'm so happy. <laughs> um, because we're both been such big fans of yours. Oh, Your you so music much. has been the soundtrack to our lives and i'd say that i know that sounds super cheesy to say oh, uh, I mean, it's, but it has been um since we started dating because i was not familiar with your music until chris introduced me sure. to it and now it's a staple in our home on saturday mornings when we're cleaning house or playing with our daughter oh, cool. or when we're on road trips it's it's such a big part of our lives so this is such a thrill for me and i know it is for chris oh, well, too th- so. thanks so much very again very flattered no thanks for coming. and that's the end of the interview thanks so much guys that's <laughs> all right. no 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 i have lots of questions so we're gonna jump right in um you're you're uh, first of all i want to talk about you have a new album coming uh-huh. out in about a month right in october october 14th, october 14th it's mm-hmm. called the heart watches while the brain burns great title and the, uh, yeah it's from uh, it's from mark Marin actually Oh yeah, 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 that's right. The other, like the other podcast. Yeah, the other podcast <laughs> of the two in this that world. Guy, that other guy. That guy. Yeah. No one's ever heard of him. No, wow. I'm just kidding. Um, but your, we listened to the single, and it has a little bit of a country feel to it. It is really that, does. Is that it? your Memphis um, vibe? Do you think? Or? I, I mean, it just kind of fell out. I, I sort of was. Um, I met a woman when I was touring in England, and totally uh, came on to her way too strong <laughs> and she fled she left skid marks oh, no. Man. no i mean no i can't blame her i look back at the text i'm like oh my god like the <laughs> basics of of trying to flirt with somebody are all oh no you know missed on this but then i just i wrote the song and i wrote it sitting in a a, a bakery literally in my head and then got back to the dressing room and got a guitar and just and, uh, cranked it out yeah and i didn't i didn't it, when you write stuff in your head you don't really know what it's going to feel like until you um, sit down with a guitar and I sat down I was like well it's kind of a country vibe yeah it does I'm wondering are, do the other songs are they going to kind of feel like that too or oh gosh you... no not really I mean there's a lot of that kind of guitar uh, sound a lot of the bass sound but it's all over the place yeah you know, as I'm as I tend to be 
Um, <laughs> and your your living room tour that you're in the midst of right now, this is sort of the second leg of it, right? Because you've been doing the living room tour for oh, quite yeah. a while. Yeah, all summer, yeah. Um, and what, uh, are you mostly playing Stellar Motel songs or a little bit of everything? No, I'm doing a little bit of everything. Um, I, I figure out the set list as I go along. Um, and uh, basically, like, I just try to not play... I try to alternate major and minor keys and I try to not play songs from the same album back to back. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's, you know, other, other than that, I just sort of play it as Does it Does it change every night or do you just kind of, you have a set list that you'd go by or? Well, I mean, there's, there's stuff that, I mean, there's recurring songs, but the order changes every night. Because you probably have to keep it interesting for yourself too, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. It would be kind of monotonous to play the same song. Do you take requests at the shows? No, not really. Not, not really. It's, it's uh, some sometimes like because it's the question jar show, so people Mm -hmm. put questions in a jar before the show, and sometimes they'll have a question relating to a song, and then I'll play the song. So I don't know it worked out beforehand, so. It's easy enough to. We just went to one of those shows that you did here in L.A. when you were playing yep. with your bassist. Mm, with, um, yeah, with Scrap. It was Scrap, yeah, and it was at I think the Cornet or the we cannot remember the name of the theater. We should have Googled that. Fail. Was it just the two of us? It was just yeah, the it was two just of the you, two of and you had a jar up on stage. It was about three or four years, four maybe four or five years ago. It was a uh, yeah, maybe four years. It ago. It was a while ago. It was yeah. a while ago, yeah. um, and yeah, it was just you guys up on stage, just having the best time. Yeah, it was. Really it was good. a very packed house, cool. alternating asking or answering questions and playing songs. Yeah, some stuff off. Uh, I think it was right as Sad Man, Happy Man was coming out, sure, uh, something like right. that, because yep. you because you were talking about uh, you rapping on your new album, and that yes. was that, and that was new for you, yeah, and yeah, so yeah, that yeah. was fun, yeah, rapping, quote unquote, yeah. <laughs> but scrap, scrap was doing this for he. Unfortunately, he uh, he had pretty major health crisis oh, and God. had to fly home. Um, oh dear. So yeah. So he's doing he's doing great. He just had to fly home and deal with it and deal with yeah, it. it so are you by yourself then now for the rest of the tour? Yeah, or? for the rest of the tour, <clears throat> which is just this last leg, which is like a month. Do you get nervous going into people's homes, or are you kind of used to it by now? Because I I would feel very nervous because you don't know what environment you're walking into if you've got like a crazy stalker fan or like. I'm not nervous, but I'm very defensive, and I'm oh, very, okay. I'm very brusque like when I come in. I'm like, "Hi, how you doing? Where's the room you're supposed to put me in?" You know, because there's <laughs> business, business only. Like, yeah, 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 just yeah, sort yeah. of like, yeah. just sort of like communicate. Like, I need like t- the time. Yeah. To and because like 45 minutes before the show, I need to not. I'm not even like you know performing some kind of ritual, but I just need to you be to by myself, and I can't can't get distracted. So, um, you know, frequently. People have you in their home and they want to um, sort of talk to you for a while and you have to make it clear that like, you know, I, I got to be alone for a little while mm-hmm. because we just show up like right before I play me and my merch guy. Yeah. Tour manager, Jack. <laughs> I would imagine that there is a feeling because your tour is so intimate and you are going into people's homes mm-hmm. and you're right there with the audience that there's a feeling of they want to be friends with you. There is, and I, I, I've taken to saying every night that, you know, okay, so one of the things i got to tell you is um, at some point during the show, somebody's probably going to want to just start a conversation <laughs> and just be like, oh, I'm glad you played that song. I used to listen to that at work a lot. Yeah. You know, it's really like someone will start a conversation, and I was just, please don't, please don't do that. <laughs> and inevitably... Someone will do it anyway, right. and you'll have to go. That's actually what I was talking about. Right, right. <laughs> and you know, I, it ha- after initially I, w- I would get really angry when people just talk to me and like just think people had 
boundary problems. Mm-hmm. But uh, eventually, I was like, no, it's like there's something. There's something endemic to the show. Yeah. That does well, that. it's an. I mean, it's a very intimate setting. Like, I assume when you leave here that we're all still going to be good. Friends. <laughs> well, we that are. Every we time are. We you, definitely that are. every time you come back to LA, you're going to be like, I'm going to call it the Brookers this and see if they want to hang out. Right. Our Thank home you. is your home. Um, but I would think that there's a very there's a, an intimacy there for sure that you oh, that sure. people want to want to hang out with you and get to know you like we're we're best buds he's singing my songs that like you said i've always listened to yeah i mean it's hard to you, you know you have to um because it really is a show mm-hmm. and i'm i'm doing it um be basically because of how it sounds yeah. um you know there's no other format where you can just play without a pa system where you're yeah. just like playing into the air and that, when it's good, is just absolutely gorgeous. Are you doing any vetting of the people before you go? I work with a company called Undertow. Okay. And they, uh, I wouldn't have done this if they hadn't yeah. have come to me and were like, look, you can actually like, yeah, you're you know, make your mortgage yeah. doing this. And yeah. you know, it's not just like you're <laughs> going around the country being weird <laughs> but they know they do all the things like they you know they're like okay there needs to be a room with a bathroom for they're at, they're, the they have a list of in. requirements yeah and like what's parking like in your neighborhood and who are your neighbors and like so yeah. they they dial it in yeah. very well because we actually talked about we were like when we heard you were doing that we were like oh my gosh we should do it here we yeah. have a great space for it and then chris goes do you really want a bunch of rando LA people no. in your house? <laughs> no, you don't. I was you like, really no, don't. I don't. No, I don't. I was like, I would love Mike Doty to come to my house yeah. and sing and, and our friends. for our friends. Yes. But I don't yeah. want to, I don't want 50 or 60 of LA's yes. most randoms. And that is, that is uh, a large part of their job is going, okay, are you sure you want to do this? Are yeah. you sure you know what you're doing here? What you're getting into. I mean, what you're getting into. Yeah, yeah. totally. So that, that being said, have you, what is, have you had, some really weird experiences at these shows or I had a bad experience at a yoga studio in suburban Ohio where, <laughs> where people just got drunk and wouldn't stop talking. Yeah. It was, it was, it was funny. Cause I was like, they just weren't like, I was stopping between songs and being like, Hey, um, please don't talk. And they weren't listening. <laughs> just they're like, they could have been at any bar. They didn't care. Yeah. And in general, people have been really appropriate. That's good. So that, that was the only one that was really a disaster. Are you familiar at all with comedian Tignataro? I certainly am. Have yes. you seen her show, her documentary where she's doing stand up and going around from house to house? No. It's fascinating. It and is. it kind of reminds me, I was thinking Mike Doty should do this because yeah. She uh, put out the call for people who want to do stand up, see her do stand up shows at their house. And she's been everywhere from like rural Missouri to, you know, um, I think she was in Michigan and there was a big storm. And but she literally stands in people's living room and does her stand up show. Yeah. yeah. And it's fascinating to watch. Um, So I wondered if like you should do that. You should have someone like (laughs) I'm going to sign you up with a TV deal. I'll do it. I'll totally do it. Absolutely. It'd be fascinating. And it also made me wonder if maybe artists are kind of trying to get back to a grassroots connection with the fans. Is that what we're seeing more of? Cause there's the pressure to fill out massive stadiums or even like big venues. Like we've seen you at the El Rey theater, Uh Mm -hmm. um, which is not a huge venue, but it's a good size for LA. It makes me wonder if the pressure to fill out, to sell out shows like that when you're an artist and you're up against like Beyonce and Jay-Z and like huge mega artists. Well, I I would say there, there's plenty of people that want to come see me, Mm -hmm. but they all need to get babysitters. Mm-hmm. They all, if you know, <laughs> we know, they, yes. you know, there's there's a ton of work involved, mm-hmm. and the live music business is 
almost hostile mm-hmm. to people that really have to get it together to go see shows. Because, yeah. you know, you show up and it like it mm. says 8 o'clock, but really it's 11. And, yeah. you know, who's the opener? And when are they going on? How long are they playing? And, you know, the biggest problem is talking. Like, I, I you know, like you can literally see on some people's faces like, wow, we drove downtown and we got a babysitter and we're staying up late and there's some obnoxious guy in the back that, you know, it'd be easy enough to it. collar him and kick him yeah. out. So a, a huge part of it is is um, just being able to play for people that are behaving appropriately mm-hmm. and who are getting their money's worth. Right. Um, yeah. So I wonder then um, where you talked a little bit about the music business being kind of hostile. Like we recently went to, and this is not hostile, but we went to see Adele. And we had to get a babysitter. Mm. We had to pay like 30 bucks for parking. Right. The it's tickets, an expensive night. The tickets themselves were crazy expensive because it was at the Staples Center downtown. Right. So it was like a big ordeal just to go to her show. Mm-hmm. And then the people all around us were crazy singing, going nuts. And uh-huh. one the guy in front of us was literally flailing. Like flailing around. Wow. And we just were like, we just want to hear her (laughs) sing. But when you're in a big venue like that, you know, and the same thing in a smaller one, you can't. There's the flip side of that there, too. Yeah. They they also got their babysitters. They also spent the money. Right. If they want to flip out, they bought the right to do that. Well, I mean, there is the. Sort of. To some degree. It is like if you have, if you get 100 people, 99 of them want to talk and get drunk and not really pay attention. That's cool. The Mm -hmm. people have spoken. Fundamentally, I'm working there as the bartender is working there. <laughs> if it's 99 people who want to be quiet and listen, and it's one guy Good that, that it wants to get it. drunk, and that guy is so assured of his rights. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, when I ask a bar to kick somebody out, um, they're reticent to do so, which is crazy to me because they're losing customers left and right doing that. Yeah. Um, and I always get an indignant email that's like, don't you know you were in a bar? It's like, yes, I know. And everyone else came to hear something. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> so it really is, um, you know, like people who have money to spend are getting shut out of this for the weirdest reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I mean, it doesn't seem that hard to have you know, a venue that, well, you know, like City Winery in New York is amazing. Mm -hmm. And they have one in Chicago as well. Um, Triple Door in Seattle. Um, There are venues that are like people go out and they get dinner and it's like a groovy vibe and the show starts when it's supposed to start. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's no weirdos that are being allowed to completely, you know, run riot. Um, But it, it does seem like, like a lot of promoters in a lot of places are just ignorant of the money they could be yeah. making. Yeah. yeah. By not like taking the stand yeah. or stepping in and just can handling. Yeah. The just by, le- I mean, really, even, even if you're not going to shut up the drunks, just be like the show starts at eight. It starts at eight. Draw yeah. the line. Yeah. Also for you, you have to get onto your next venue. So you have to probably stick to your schedule. Do you leave? I'm assuming you leave right then and go to your next, when your show's over, you go to your next uh City? well I usually, usually stay overnight. And I've then... been loving your Facebooks and your Instagrams oh, of all of the nice. random places yeah, you're yeah. going and seeing <laughs> yeah, and yeah. like all of that fun stuff. That's half the fun. Um, and I heard you say one time in an interview that you're interested in um hanging out more with comedians and and like yes. the lifestyle that comedians yes. have. Um, why is that? Tell me a little bit more about that. And do you hang out with any comedians? I did. I, I mean, uh, when I lived in New York, which is up until about a year and a half ago, I moved to Memphis. 
Tennessee. Um, the uh, I, I did a lot of comedy shows as the musical guest, and it was just absolutely fabulous. The audiences are there to listen. Mm-hmm. They're really stoked. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, and I just vibe with comedians because they're solo performers, mm-hmm. and there's sort of a, a thing about what they're trying to do, which is akin to what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to ask you too about that move because you are in New York seems like such a big part of oh, you yes. and your musical yeah. history and all of that. Was that a tough decision for you to make to move to Memphis or did it seem just like this is the right time? I got to go. I mean, honestly, it's been about 10 years that I've been getting ready to leave. Mm. I, I, Wrapping I'm, your head around it a little yeah, bit. I came there as an 18 year old in 1989. And so I've been there for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and it just around, you know, the turn of the century, I was like, you know what? I, I, you know, I want to own a home someday mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I, I wish I could own a car and, you know, <laughs> I just, I mean, I love living in New York. There's nothing about the lifestyle that, um, you know, uh, that I wanted to, uh, you know, get away from it. It's just a question of. Always, always, always thinking about money. Every moment, every moment. Yeah. Like everything has to be monetizable and everything's a hustle. And uh, it, it, and it it's just exhausting. Got, is yeah, what it is. it's totally exhausting. Yeah. And it got worse and worse and worse as the years went by. Do you feel like moving to Memphis then has alleviated a little bit of that stress? A tremendous amount oh, of stress. Oh, wow. Okay. And also I've, uh, for the more sort of experimental stuff I do that's kind of outside of the realm of like the Mike Doty, whatever it is, um, uh, has found an audience like people mm-hmm. are just interested and they come to see stuff yeah. and you know in in New York everyone you know you have to like persuade people to go see stuff and, yeah because it's such a hassle to get on the train and you know all that yeah stuff. and yeah and there's just like a you know I guess um, you know people are spoiled for choice so they choose not to choose yeah I mean really <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's that is a, a thing that happens it's a catch-22 of having a lot of options what, um I what? don't I know you have questions yeah. I don't want to like hog Sorry. It. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, got it. I was talking what kind of experimental stuff are you uh, interested in doing in Memphis well it's um I have a th- uh, a, a thing um, I do an uh, an all improvised show with a, a band called spooky party that is me and a guitar player named uh, David Kauser, um, a drummer named Steven Chopek. Um, and then th- I guess we're the core and we get other people to fill it out. But there's that thing. Um, I do a thing that kind of sounds like the old German progressive band can, okay. but it's based around, <laughs> um, uh, a, a, a system of uh, hand signals uh, that control who enters, who stops playing, how loud you are, how soft you are, based on some uh, some stuff that John Zorn used to do in the eighties. Wow. Yeah. So and yeah, it's not. I mean, you look at it, and it's not like an intellectual exercise. It's very mm-hmm. much, you know, like a groovy thing. But yeah. it's not, you know, you know, end with twenty seven Jennifers and then Janine. It's like you know, it's all. Um, you know, you have done a lot of experimental stuff, especially, you know, you mentioned, um, like rap earlier. Sure. You've done some of that. Um, and I think I, I remember reading that your, one of your influences when you were younger was public enemy. Oh, big time. Yeah. And that Absolutely. was actually one of Chris's yeah. too. Well, Chris yeah. was a big yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. He doesn't changing. play actually any music, but he I can listen jam. To a lot. He listens to a lot. <laughs> to like a, a champ. Music. Um, so I, I think that's so cool. And what an interesting 
place to oh, come yeah. from, oh, especially yeah. like seeing your songs and how they've developed over the years. Sure. That's well, so I, cool. I came to New York when I, uh, in the middle of a, a tremendous uh, golden age of uh, hip hop music and house music, mm-hmm. sort of the Afrocentric stuff. Public Enemy and then Tribe yeah. Called Quest and Jungle Brothers. All that East Coast. Money Love, yeah, yeah, all that stuff. The Native Tongue stuff. Um, so it was just seeping out like of everything. You like that show um, that we just watched, the new Baz Luhrmann Oh, yeah. Show, the, the Get, get down. down. The Get yeah, Down. Yeah, yeah. Have get you down. seen that? Not yet, no. I think you might like it then. It's very... It's um, pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty it's cool. Really and it's about that, but it's like a stylized mm-hmm. um, kind of version of the origins of yeah. hip-hop in like Brooklyn and yeah. stuff like Boz that. Boz Lerman only did the first episode of it. Yeah, and, But yeah. It, it's very Boz right. Lerman. Right, if, right, if, right. if you watch it, you're like, this... Yeah, definitely. It's a fun... Sure. And it's then from there, it progresses with other directors, I guess. But yeah, the music is just phenomenal in it. I want to talk about your songwriting a little bit. Because you are... And I was kind of like listing out all your titles singer songwriter <laughs> poet guitar man you know all of that stuff which by the way uh, please sing the elvis guitar man song i think that would be cool especially if you're in memphis have you ever heard elvis's song called guitar man oh i think i have guitar man i'm a big elvis fan so <laughs> oh there you go well, i yeah. live in memphis so yeah, i know from elvis yes absolutely um but when i was kind of going through a list of all of your titles i was thinking about your songwriting in particular because your Lyrics seem so personal, and especially your a lot of your love songs, mm. if you will. I don't know if you like to call them love songs. No, that's fine. But there, yeah. but there's a longing in them, like a heartache. Mm. Is that um, where is that coming from? Is it based on like a glimpse of someone you see, or like you were saying earlier, a text that you you know, ah. like a missed a missed opportunity text flirt? Like where do those come from? Well, that I mean that the 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 thing that comes from the very specific. Uh, situation, you know, a feeling in the moment is relatively rare. I guess I'm sort of just drawing from uh, a general experience of yearning. It's generally fictional, fictionalized. I saw you in the subway station, shining with strange light. Girl, you're like a weird vacation. I, yeah, I don't. Um, I'm not looking to uh, to document uh, my life. Um, you know, I think um, you know it's got to be truthful, but but not factual. Mm-hmm. So, where did I hear that from? <laughs> Somebody that did not make that up. But, but <laughs> we won't. We won't tell. We'll yeah, just don't pretend. Tell. <laughs> don't tell. We'll just broadcast this to the world. Because and... it seems like there are some songs that are like about a specific person. Yes, they kind of are, but it's um yeah, like the album Haughty Melodic was all kind of specifically about one ex-girlfriend who mm-hmm. I used to use drugs with and it was kind of about the drugs and I sort of was talking to the drugs as much as I was as I was talking to her. Mm-hmm. Um but uh that all came from journaling around the time I got clean, so that was um very much what was on my mind. That was pretty sort of raw experiential 
stuff. But even that, I you know, I don't believe that you have to adhere to you know a, a repertorial version of your life. Right, like it has to be about this one girl yeah. that I met, or you know, yeah, like I've thing. I've worked with um, you know younger writers, songwriters. And, uh, you know, like Taylor Swift, have you like Taylor Swift? Have yes. you been working with <laughs> Taylor, very Swift good on her, Taylor Swift yeah. with on her, all her very personal yeah. oh, yes. dating albums? Oh, yes. <laughs> Clearly. That one song was about you. Actually. I was yeah. actually the one that dated John Mayer. That was oh, completely. It was uh, you. Yeah. Oh, so she wondering. was destroying on my experience. <laughs> um, but I'm, I younger songwriters would be like, well, I'd be like, oh, well, you could say this or you could you know, say this. And they're like, but that's not what happened. Well, it doesn't matter what happened. <laughs> <laughs> what matters is the song. Yeah. You know, and the song will sometimes surprise you with a story that you didn't know was there. Mm -hmm. And you have to follow that rather than than, uh, you know, adhering to the narrow focus of, you know, just the facts. Mm -hmm. It sounds cathartic, actually, like through the songwriting process. To a certain degree. Yeah. 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 Are you dating anybody right now? I am not. No, I broke up with somebody about a year and a half ago. Uh, it was, uh, oh, I mean, yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to share too much. I'm just. (laughs) No, yeah, no, I should, I shouldn't share too much. It's just been, (laughs) I've been, I've been like journaling a lot, journaling a lot about it. So I have like, you know, a spiel I could go into, but I think I will leave that to my journal. Basically, basically like I, uh, she's still in New York and I live in Memphis, Tennessee, I think is a a lot of the, yeah. Yeah. I, I also, um, I read somewhere that you, I did a lot of reading about you and nerdy research. So I swear I'm not a stalker. I just do my research before people come up to my mic. Well informed. Um, but I read somewhere that you were kind of, not against settling down, but there's a part of you that didn't want to have to be responsible for other people or like a family or have someone relying on you. And I don't know if maybe it was just that time in your life that you were feeling that way or. I mean, I'm open to everything, but the way my life is, is the way my life is. And uh, frequently I'll get into a relationship and uh, then I'll have to go out on tour for a couple months and she'll be like, oh, that's fine. We'll do this together. And I'm sure it'll be hard. And, you know, and she'll call a lot and I'll call her a lot and a lot of FaceTiming. And, and then we'll get to the end of it and it'll be like, oh, we got through this together. That's great and fabulous. And then there'll be another one. Uh-huh. And she'll be like, oh, well, I guess we can do that again. And then there'll be another one and then another one and then another one. So and eventually it's just too much distance. Yeah. I've also like I, I've. I've dated a lot of artists that are broker than me. So <laughs> like, I think, I think if I, I don't know, got married to a surgeon, I but, would, you know, yeah, I would yeah. be fine just staying home and taking care of the kid and, you know, writing songs, <laughs> right. in the, you know, two seconds I would have to myself periodically. Are you meeting a lot of surgeons? Cause I might know some people. No, I don't. Mm-hmm. I know, I know a bunch of broke actors. So. Oh yeah. See, that's, <laughs> no, the, yeah. that's the thing. So I'm not a good source for you. Well, <laughs> in, in Memphis, I live in like the groovy people neighborhood, Midtown, like cool. the, the hipster yeah. neighborhood, mm-hmm. but it keeps occurring to me that I need to go to the Starbucks by the hospital. Yeah. You know, yeah, there you go. And just like be there for yeah. about shift change. Get to know the rotations. Yeah. Get to exactly. know the rotations. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, whatever works. Look for women in scrubs. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. It would be. It would be cool to like. I mean, I'm. I'm very much open to that. I just have not met a person with whom it is realistic. Yeah. You know, yeah. like um, uh, I. 
you know, I would be. But gr- you're not against it. You're not like I never want to get married. I never want to have kids. Certainly or, not. No. Or it's just or like I mean, and it's okay if you are. No judgment. I mean, I'm judging a little. No. No. But I I just didn't know if it was something where you were like, I just, that's not for me or it's just not for me at this time. It's, it's not for me in this circumstance. I mean, it would really, it would really depend on the relation. I'd love to get into it like Mm -hmm. a a marriage committed relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, I mean, you know, it, it has a lot to do with money. It has a lot to do with the fact that like, you know, um, in a marriage, I could take on a more supportive role, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if I'm the person making more money, I have to be on the road mm-hmm. seven or eight months out of the year. Yeah. Um, sorry, do you want to? No, no, go ahead. Good. I was going to say, you can jump in anytime. Go ahead. Um, I wanted to talk about uh, your uh, rock opera, Revelation. Sure. It gave me goosebumps oh, for multiple reasons because the it was like a lot of like spoken word stuff is uh, very powerful, I think. And then the music you put to it was incredible oh, as well. You. And I know you get asked a lot about your religious beliefs or maybe you don't. I don't sure. know. Um, and I wonder if you sort of like the mystery of not fully committing one way or another like it's really nobody's business what your religious beliefs are because so many of your songs have a little bit of a religious tone to them or a connection sure um and i just wonder if you don't just sort of like it's nobody's business what my religious beliefs are or no i mean it's but they're very they're fluid you know like Mm -hmm. if you get into recovery um you know most people who successfully stay clean have to figure out some kind of a spiritual angle mm-hmm. just as a means of, of getting by. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, a, just it's, it's, it's kind of about counteracting an extreme selfishness that is endemic to addiction. Mm-hmm. And the whole spiritual thing is just, it really is about just figuring out that the world is a lot bigger than you and you can't control everything. They say that God is great. They say that God is love, and I believe them. Don't fear the random fate. I trust the hand of the Almighty and the Infinite. His truth is marching on. His truth is marching on. His truth is marching. His truth is marching on. His truth is marching on. I've, you know, stuck with that to the extent of uh, I'm doing some meditation and not real, not really involvement with um, with organized religion per se. So it's not like you go to church every week no. or you know you have that or you have a desire to want to do something like that. It's no. more of like a spirituality. But I will tell you that in Memphis, Al Green is a reverend and yeah. has a church. Yeah, that he <laughs> preaches at and sings at. Every Sunday. Be an amazing yeah. church. So to maybe, to. have you been, or do you want to check that out? I have not been. I don't want to be a tourist at a church. <laughs> like, I, like I, Good point. <laughs> you know, like, I really honestly would go to um, uh, a, a church uh, 
more looking for a church than than you know. It would be so great if I was in a church that Al Green was singing at. Are yeah. You oh me? yeah. You know, but there actually there's a there's a um a, a sort of LGBTQ oriented uh, Episcopalian church mm-hmm. that I've been that I've been thinking about checking out. Just you know, like churches if the people are cool are, are totally great. I am loving this interview with Mike. I hope you guys are enjoying it too. Coming up, we're going to talk a little bit about his time with Soul Coughing and how he feels about the band now and more about his album that's due out in October. So I want to take just a second and tell you guys a little bit more about Up4 Probiotics. Up4 has been making probiotics since 1979. That's over 40 years of clinical research on their probiotics. If you're looking for a way to help get your gut healthy, you definitely want to check out Up4 Probiotics probiotics here in our house we use the women's formula and by we i mean me and then channing uses the kids cubes and chris has tried the adult formula before and they've made a big difference in our digestive system and our overall good bacteria health that is important that is what probiotics do it is what they reinforce and if that's something that you are curious about and have always wanted to try you can find up for probiotics in your local target store how convenient is that you guys and also go to motherhood in hollywood Com, click on the up for probiotics image that will take you right to up for where you can find out which up for probiotic is right for you. I also want to talk to you guys about Lansano. Lansano has created the first Bluetooth smart pump. It's a breast pump that allows you to use the Lansano baby app right from your phone to track your feeding times, the amount of milk that you're pumping, all of that helpful information that you need to know when you're a new mom, when you've just had a baby and you're tired and you don't want to write all of that stuff down. The Lansano baby app in conjunction with the new Lansano smart pump can keep track of all of that for you. It is such a lifesaver for new moms. Go to motherhoodandhollywood.com, click on the Lansano image, and that will take you right to their website where you can find out more information about the new Lansano smart pump. Lansano, finally, there's a better way to pump. So um, there's a, a, a music school uh, in Memphis called Visible that I've, I've met a number of kids from to college um, and it's a, uh, it, it's sort of, it's sort of Christian oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, like a lot of people trained to be worship leaders and like, it's really very church oriented mm-hmm. and you meet like a 20 year old coming out of there. First of all, they know what they're doing, which is incredible. Cause not a lot of music schools, um, can teach actual modern contemporary songwriting. Right, right. So that's a feat in and of itself. Um, but but the other thing is, like, I really get the sense that, like, these kids don't care about the culture wars. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll, they're sort of like, you know, like, if you ask them about gay marriage, they'll be like, uh, I don't know, maybe. But that's not what they're thinking about. Mm-hmm. They really are much more, like... Uh, you know, interested in climate change and in yeah. poverty and hunger. Social and just, issues. Yeah, yeah. Bigger Social global issues. issues. Yeah. 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 Which are legitimate concerns. That's Those are yeah. things that I think about now. Having a daughter, I think about stuff like that all sure. the time. And even if they're not necessarily socially liberal to the nth degree, that's just not what they want to spend their religious life thinking about. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, I know. Do you want to ask him about... 
covers <laughs> chris covers chris has been listening to the gambler like oh it keeps popping, uh, it so, keeps popping up on his ipod <laughs> right right so yeah for some reason my ipod loves the gambler i have it in my mix i've got like 500 songs and every time i start up my car within five songs the gambler plays there is a really odd thing about streaming services and about um uh iTunes, which is they just like certain songs. And it's supposed to be, there's supposed to be an algorithm that shuffles, yeah. right? But they, it, there's just a thing where it's like, you but know, I hear the I, same 20 yeah, yeah. songs every yeah, time. Yeah, it's so strange. Um, so the, the Gambler's constantly playing, and, and it got me thinking that you've done a lot of covers. You have an album of covers sure. out there. Yep. Um, do you think uh, your, the Circles album that you just yes. released a few years ago, would you consider that a covers album? Or just kind of a remixing of your originals? Well, I mean, I was trying to look back to the songs uh, before I brought them to Soul Coughing. Like, I was really trying to, uh, like, mentally connect to the process of writing them before I brought it to the band, which was a collaborative band and Mm -hmm. everything. um, You know, even when I brought in specific parts that I asked people to play, it was still 100% the personalities of four people. Mm-hmm. Right. So I I was just trying to connect with, like, me, you know, alone in my roof writing songs. Um, and it was really about, like, trying to realize the vision that I would have... Um, gone with if I was a solo artist rather than been in the band but really it came from i wanted to do a tour doing all soul coughing songs okay. i wanted to, to just do an all soul coughing song tour and my booking agent was like you should you need you need to put out some kind of a a record to back up yeah that, like that as a tour, like right, a flyer right. for the gigs as mike watt says <laughs> but i um and so this was just the idea that i had and i met this um kid who goes by the name good goose brooklyn hip-hop kid super nerd um for like really like asking me questions about like you know what sort of compressor did you use on tremendous brunette and like, i don't know i have no idea i just plugged in and yeah exactly <laughs> exactly the knobs I, I just wasn't really paying attention but um so i just had that partnership and i needed to do something uh to to presage the tour and then i did a crowdfunding campaign to do the record mm-hmm. and it, the crowdfunding campaign was enormously successful um, and way overshadowed um, the tour. And it was, it was remarkable because people were, it were just sort of ex- being like, I'll give you $3 if you play soul coughing songs. Again. <laughs> like that nineties nostalgia. It, coming yeah, back. Yeah, of, exactly. Yeah. You know, like I, I will buy a poster. I will put money on that. So that ended up being like the big story. And I'm proud of the record. I stopped thought before its trip became insistent I rubbed it out and loved the spot where it were nesting She's widely known, the only macro that pays her taxes I got the box for the money 
world needed another version of circles. <laughs> um, you know, there's a. Do people yell that out at you at your shows? Oh gosh, yeah, of I'm course. Sure. <laughs> but there's a couple. Super Bon Bon. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a couple of songs on there. Um, the version of Sleepless and the version of How Many Cans. Yeah. I think those those are two tracks on there that that um, I was never really happy with. Uh, in Soul Coughing, and I think I really got him right this time. But like Circles and Super Bon Bon, I mean, I, th- I think the Soul Coughing versions are mm-hmm. pretty spot much on. Yeah. better. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I had to make a record with yeah. those on them if I'm doing Soul Coughing songs. Is there anything you're wanting to do a cover of? Like, is there anything, whenever you hear a new song, are you like, oh, I'd like to sing my own version of that? Yeah, all the time. I mean, um, you know, it's funny. I, I, I've I played a lot of cover songs in the last decade or so. Before that, I would just really sort of baldly rip things off. <laughs> and, you know, if you if you rip something off and um, even if you're shameless about it, most of the time when it filters through your personality and through your style, uh, it's just going to be different. And, you know, you'll go to people and be like, oh, this is a version of a journey song. And people will be like, no, it's not. <laughs> not at all. Not, not, at not all. even a little bit. Do you have to get permission to do that? Or do you just... Well, I mean, there, there, have, been, there have been times when I've... Uh, well, it's mostly when, when I use a sample that you got to go yeah. back and, yeah. and get permission from people. But if you're, if you're emulating something... Um, usually, you usually you can't even tell. Usually, there's, there, there's, it's not like somebody would have a legal Claim basis. Or something. Yeah, but I mean, certainly, um, when it is somebody else's thing, you got to credit them and compensate. Sure, them. sure. Yeah. So, who do you think like that's playing right now? Or are there any songs out right now, or even any classic songs that you're like, God, I'd love to cover that or sing a version of it? Oh gosh. Um, oh. Is there anything that I'm really I don't I can't think of anything that I'm really like like dying to uh um, does that to, to play it does that yeah. speak to the state of music right now for you is it because music is just so no, pop driven no I'm, I, what I'm saying is like I'm going more into a ripping off stage oh. than, than a covering <laughs> yeah. stage what yeah. are you listening to right now uh yeah, the thing I'm listening to the most is um and this sounds way more pretension pretentious it than it is I love it already yeah it's a it's a, a a psychedelic rock band from Zambia in the seventies. Wow! Called Witch. Yes, and it's <laughs> so it's like the best freaky classic rock you ever heard. And they've made wow. about sixty songs in their entire career. They're wow. all on Spotify, all on Apple Music, and it's just absolutely amazing. Witch is the name of the band. Witch. And there's a metal band called Witch. Um, and this is not them. There's two bands <laughs> called Witch up there. You got to make sure you got the Zambian. The right witch. Yeah. It's, I, it just sounds so pretentious to be like, well, I'm into uh, Zambian music from the 70s. But it's so good. <laughs> hey, it's, if that's what you're into, then. I, I, mean, <laughs> I, re- I recommend anybody, like, if you like music from the late 60s, early 70s, man, it's great. You're probably one of the only people that I've ever heard refer to themselves as an artsy hipster. Yeah. Um, which made me laugh because out here, everyone's like, no, I'm not a hipster. But they've got the beard and the yeah. handlebar mustache and, you know, the port pie hat. And I've seen I'm pretty, like, you are, buddy. Embrace it. I've seen every Wes Anderson movie in its <laughs> opening weekend. Yep, there, so, you there you go. There you go. Um. Uh, there's, just, there's just no sense fighting. I like... I like hipster stuff. I like the hipster coffee, mm-hmm. you know, like the yoga and the book. The pour over the coffee. Store. What are you into? Yes, that? I love the pour over coffee. I love it. It's delicious. Yes, it really my is. Friend, it's um, the best $9 my friend, my friend owns a. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> my friend owns a pie shop here in LA. Mm. So if you ever get a chance to go, it's called the Pie Hole. Oh. Um, and pies are all fresh. And they've just started doing coffee cupping where you go around and you smell the coffee. Right. They pour the hot water in it. Then you smell it again. Right, right. And then you right. taste it like wine tasting. You spit yeah. it out. And I'm like, this is the craziest thing I've ever heard. But I love it. Yeah, it's And great. everyone's doing it. And yeah. it's like the thing. I mean, the hipster stuff. Um, the term's really kind of a shame. Well, mo- for the mo- most of the part, for the most part, when people say hipster, they're just talking about a kid having fun. Mm-hmm. They're just like when people get mad, like, "Oh, he's got an ironic mustache." It's just, a, <laughs> it's just a kid who thought it was funny. You know, yeah. like there's nothing wrong with that. Right. It's not. It's not a societal threat. They're not like, it's not like, oh, people are starving, therefore you shouldn't have a mustache. I mean, it's so weird. Right. To be fair, though, I've seen some kids spend way too much time on their mustache. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but the kids, they spend way too much time on everything. On everything, yeah. Yeah, like, it, no matter what it is, they would spend way too much time thinking about they're it. Twirling, they're yes. waxing. They're but for me, stuff. it's like, look, I like those movies. I like those record stores. I, I, I will cop embrace to it. it. I love Absolutely. that you embrace that yeah. about yourself because yeah. there's so many people who deny it, so I think that's cool. Yeah, well, it, it, it's not this way anymore, but because but, uh, it's more of a culturally uh, uh, massively uh, connoting word. But a friend of mine say that, used to say that a hipster is someone that complains about hipsters. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. If you're complaining about hipsters, you're a hipster. You're a hipster. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Like, you're that guy. These hipsters taking over this neighborhood. <laughs> you're a hipster. Get off my lawn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, are there any, uh, like, who do you consider to be, like, your contemporaries in music? And oh. is there anybody that you want to collaborate with that you haven't already? Because you, one of our favorite songs, while you think about it, mm. I see your wheels turning. One of our <laughs> favorite collaborations that you've done, besides with Dave Matthews, was also with BT. Yes. Love that song. Yeah, it's made it onto every playlist. Every oh, playlist. Yeah. yeah. And it was yeah, so much fun and just so perfect for your voice and his beats and everything. It was so fabulous, yeah. Um, I secretly hope when we see you live I, that, that you'll whip that one out. I know. But you haven't yet. I'm we've so, seen you so many times and we're like, well, it's not really his song, so he true. can't. True. I mean, yeah, I is mean, it? Yeah, I actually, I think I did an acoustic version once or twice, but I wasn't crazy about it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's a really good idea. You know, uh, yeah, that's. <laughs> kind of, I mean, like, usually when people bring up something that's a really good idea, then forget to rehearse, and I go, oh, "I'm gonna do that for the next tour." But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I see uh, him around, Brian BT, mm-hmm. um, and, and you were always like, "You should do something." You should again. do something. You totally should. Yeah, because the the marriage of your voice, like I said, with his beats and everything was mm. fantastic it's like definitely on a lot of our mixtapes that mm. we, make, we still make mix or mix playlists or yes, whatever all the time um so who are there is there anybody else you want to collaborate with or oh gosh i mean there's a there's a hip-hop producer named mike will made it um who is he's like a total mainstream hip-hop mm-hmm. producer um i'd i'd love to do something with that guy there's a there's a pop songwriter who's the poppiest of all pop songwriters named uh, Max Martin, Max who Martin. is every time I hear a pop song on the radio, like Katy Perry song or whomever, it's always written by that guy. Um, and there's just something about what he does with melodies and his hooks that and is him. so incredible that that I would just love to do my kind of weird lyrics with his kind of like insanely genius 
melodies. But beyond that, that, there's band- Is that hard to hook up something like that? Like, could you just call his people and go, hey, Mike Doty would like to work with you? And then they go, sure. Or well, is that... He, is that not something you do in the music biz? I mean, I'm I'm like very small potatoes. I mean, he's he's like you know winning Grammys and mm-hmm. you know doing Katy Perry songs and stuff. So I I'm, will call him. Do you want me to call? him? I will. Yeah, totally. Pull I mean, some strings. I have no fear about calling anybody and asking, "Hey, come on my show," or "Hey, yeah. what, did you like to do this?" Because the worst they can say is no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm in the same place I was. If you, if you get Max Martin on. <laughs> but uh, beyond that, there are a lot of um, young bands in Memphis. Um, there's an artist named Julian Baker who's really amazing. There's a band called Knots that are amazing. Um, there's a, a band called Vas, V-A-S, which is really great. Um, and I've actually been writing some songs periodically with their uh, singer, Andrew Elder. Um, and I, w- I would just love to to work with them. I, you know, it's funny. Like I, I've discovered that I'm pretty good at like mentoring and you know working with a vocalist and getting them to you know, sort of put their anxiety behind them and focus on their performance and give their best performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've become really good at that and it is not a monetizable skill at all anymore. <laughs> you, It can be though. You could charge for that, like a session fee or I mean, like I, a... I, you know, I, I the the artists that I'm interested in are in Memphis or not. It's not like you'd be like, hey, give me 20 bucks and I'll show you how to yeah, sing a vocal. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's an, I yeah. would imagine amongst artists that's an awkward thing to do to be like... You need sure. to pay me for my, my, but but you should tell people to pay you for your talents well, and your services. It's it, it, the world that I came up in was one where someone would get a record deal and the record company would pay you. So it wasn't yeah. like you know a kid that's like, look, you know, I know you have three shifts a week at Pyros. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> give me half a day's give me pay. hundred bucks. To yeah, I mean, if it's just like we're really talking about like yeah. young people that are not established. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be that would be hard to do, especially because yeah. you have such an an artist um, feel about you, and I know that you want to probably share your knowledge sure, yeah. and your experiences yeah. with younger artists. So that would be hard to to try to like monetize it in some way. Yeah, I mean, when I say monetize, it's such an awful word. It is an awful word, and I don't. It's... I mean, I I I'm just bringing that up because I think it would be a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to teach songwriting, and there's nobody that really um, has sort of literary. I mean, that's not even a great word for it. Um, but let's literary songwriting classes. There's no real programs for that. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could start one in Memphis. I kind of would like to. I don't know how. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> what do you put up a Craigslist ad? Like, no, you, you go. There's probably colleges and universities or junior colleges, junior colleges. there um, knocking on the door. Yeah, and just call up their music department and say, "Hey, would you guys be interested in having singer songwriter and legendary rock star Mike <laughs> Doty?" <laughs> That's how I introduce myself. Always. They would go absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Come and teach a class. I bet they would love that. I mean, it'd be fun. I'd love to do it. I'll call them for you. Good. Um, good, No. (laughs) Um, uh, I also wonder. Oh, so like your contemporaries. Who do you think is doing music? Like your like. Who do you consider to be like in your same zone? Oh, I mean, uh, there's a guy named Jose Gonzalez. That's um, a Swedish, believe it or not, singer songwriter. Um, He's just absolutely phenomenal. He's the best in the business, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I, in terms of like acoustic music guys, he, he's the guy that I would just love to be in his camp. Hmm. Yeah. 
Um, I also want to ask you too. So you, you mentioned soul coughing earlier. You were in soul coughing for eight years. Eight, yes. And, 92 to 2000. And yeah. you have been a solo artist now for 16 yes, years. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Why do you think people keep introducing you as the former lead singer of soul coughing or, you know, soul coughing's Mike Doty? Well, what, cause it sold know? a lot more records, uh, is just one the thing, which is, just the, which is, it's funny. I looked at, um, some, uh, some Spotify data and people listen to roughly double as much soul coughing as they do to me. Your singles, which That's so interesting, dude, I, you know, I'm 46 and I'm on my ninth solo album. That's great. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I'm <laughs> fine with that. Yeah. You know, I mean like when you're 25 and a record company will invest, um, you know, man hours and treasure into, mm-hmm. into developing you, um, and you're going to be of interest to people in college who have, you know, a network and life for finding about music, finding out about music. Sure, you're always gonna gonna sell more. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not even sell more records, just affect more lives, be listened to more, um, and that's uh, that's just fine. I mean, it's it's um, it's it, it's a little daunting and it can be wearying to be sort of handed the baggage of someone's memories to be like like i'm not here to remind you of your first bong hit in sophomore year i'm I'm here to play a bunch of songs um but that's a fine line because i still uh i don't play songs that i don't enjoy playing and Mm -hmm. you know because why bother why bother to pay money to see that Mm -hmm. um so there's a ton of soul comedy songs that I enjoy the hell out of playing. That's good. Um, I just, yeah, I just think it's interesting that you have been a solo artist for so much yeah. long, twice as long as yeah. you were with soul coughing. And yet every article I read about you and every podcast, um, that I've listened to, it has introduced you as, you know, lead singer of soul coughing. It's just interesting to me. There's a, there was a time where I would have been angrier, angrier about that. A little resentful. I yeah. I mean, it took me a long time to sort of take ownership mm-hmm. over what I did and that, uh, and that's a band that I started and that's, that is my brand name mm-hmm. that I came up with to use more <laughs> disgusting words. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but so, there's there's also a pride there. I mean, you created sure. something that you know millions of people loved um, and were a part of that. And sure. I know it's probably you know it has some dark tinges for, in you know in your memories when you sure. look back on it. But um, I, yeah, I mean, I definitely we love we love soul coughing and we love the Thank music you. you created there. So, uh, but I'm sure it's hard to look back and find pride in that and what you created. It you is know? a it is an ongoing struggle. Um, it it's really hard when a when a drunk guy is telling you a story about <laughs> you know stuff that went down in his frat yeah. his, while he was listening to soul coffee. Uh, yeah, people really have these very long stories <sighs> they want to tell me that are you know about them and their bros and you know You're I'm not interested. Happy to be a part of it. <laughs> uh, you know I, the the nicest things that happen is I get a lot of people like a lot of people that um. Y- use a, a song of mine as like the first dance at their wedding or yeah um, or book of to love play their wedding book of love book yeah. of love is yeah a big one yeah and um what, which is a cover of a magnetic field song yeah I should say. yeah Chris. That's, that's one of those instances where i think uh the cover 
is better than the original song. I like, absolutely. I like, I like Medea Fields, and, and their version of that song has its own power. Yes. Uh, but I think you bring something else to Your it. Your cover is so powerful. That, I mean, that's that. I, I almost cannot process that statement because Stephen Merritt from Magnetic Fields mm-hmm. is, I think, like the greatest living songwriter. Yeah. Yeah. And going along with the stories, I have to tell you, too, when you did the cover of Three's Magic Number. Oh. Because, um, you know, we're a family of three. Yeah, yeah, So when yeah. I had, it was on my birthing mix. Oh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> isn't that cheesy? I know that's like TMI maybe, but it was on my birthing mix, and I remember listening to it after I'd had my daughter just being like, whoa, three is a magic number because we are three. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, it was just, yeah, it's, it's so sweet, and yeah. it's way better than the original. <laughs> I mean, if you're if you're younger uh, than we are, you might uh, not know that it was um, – it was created to be uh, as a, a like a math lesson mm-hmm. in a cartoon between uh, Saturday morning Other cartoons. cartoons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it was like spe- not Sesame Street, but one Schoolhouse of the Rock. Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, and it was a song called Three Is a Magic Number," and it's so. It's, some of the songs written for that are so beautiful. A man and a woman had a little baby. Yes, they did. Family, but that's the magic number. Three times ten is thirty, three times nine is twenty-seven, three times eight is twenty-four, three times seven is twenty-one, three times six is eighteen, three times five is fifteen, three times four is twelve, three times three is nine, and three times two is six, and three times one is three, of course. When people come up to you and they tell you what their favorite song is, because I'm sure you get that a lot, where people are like, oh my God, I love this song. Yeah. Um, do you form your opinions on them based on what they say their song is? So like, if somebody comes up to you and is like, Super Bon Bon is my favorite, or if somebody comes up and goes, my favorite song is Wednesday, you know, are you, do you instantly in your mind go, all right, this person is this way. Well, you know, I can, <laughs> I, I actually, it's interesting to say Wednesday. I really like it when people like that song. <gasps> Yeah, that's, that's my favorite yeah. song. That's, that's favorite why song. I picked that. I know that that's, is that is literally one of my favorites. That, that you is sing. A, that's a song that I identify very closely with. That yes. um, white Lexus, yeah, uh, rising signs, another one. Yep. Um, but uh, it's not a question of like you know like oh you like the the popular song and you like the obscure song um, because that believe me they're they're like dudes out there. Um, who will bring up the most obscure <laughs> Japanese outtake. And you're like, how yeah. did you even... Stuff I don't even remember. Yeah. Yeah, and they'll yell it out at the show, and I'll be like, dude, I have no idea. <laughs> but, I mean, sometimes when, when somebody uh, uh, brings up a song that is that is intense for me, that it's, it's not that I judge them on it. It's just like a moving, bonding experience. Boats moored in the water The green waves are rolling at the shore I love to see them reaching I just want to stay this joyous hour Your sorrow is beautiful To me tonight So cold and
Which is, by the way, it's meant to be poorly pronounced Spanish. Oh. Yeah, the character in the song, Yeah. because he says it with like a completely flat American right. accent. Spanish speakers write to me like, you know, I'm going to teach you how to say that. I'm like, I'm sorry. The char- I should have like made it clear that, that it's supposed it to purpose. be a character in a song who doesn't speak Spanish well. Can I play some of your songs in this podcast? Of course you can. Yeah. I may like go in and when I'm editing it, kind of sprinkle in some songs. As, you should, um, as I would like you to. Because I would love for everybody listening to become as passionate of fans as we are. Um, Dude, all that. the moms and dads out there, everybody who's listening, all my actor all friends, all the broke actor friends, all the broke actor friends. Um, <laughs> uh, did you have any last minute questions? Or just, any? just one. You're very active on social media. Yeah, pretty active. Yeah. Um, recently, this was weeks or months back. You retweeted something from a fan that I'm, I'm going to do badly at paraphrasing right now, but he tweeted something to the effect of, "If you want to look at the future of indie music, uh-huh. look at Mike Doty's career right now." I, 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 it was, it was some uh, blogger of note, and I was just very flattered, which is why I retweeted it. How do you feel about? Because you're clearly doing something different than, yes. than a lot of uh, quote unquote indie bands and whatnot. I mean, you are doing kind of this grassroots tour. You're, you know, very prolific in your songwriting and your albums. Yeah. How do you feel about that categorization of like? Progressing well, the indie rock movement, if you want to, say, if, you, if you want to say that, I would I would say two things. The first of all is I'm just a hustler trying to survive, uh-huh. and um, it is a very unfriendly uh, economy for musicians right now, mm-hmm. um, which I think mostly has to do with just the size of the music business, it being like this incredibly diminished business. I you know I think I don't think streaming services pay enough, but I'm not going to lay the blame on them. I mm-hmm. think. If, if the music business was, again, a $15 billion business, then people like me on the lower end of the food chain would be able to make a living as, you know, as a producer, mentoring young artists, that kind of stuff. Um, but most of that stuff just comes from, like, how can I make a living if I'm not going to get a royalty check? I'm not going to get it advanced for my next record. But a part of that is I've just, like, I came up uh, in New York, you know, the, you know, late 80s, early 90s, um, when there was just a lot of weird performance art things going on, mm-hmm. I just always thought that stuff was fascinating. And, and like, you I've could al- tell too in your music, you could tell you and like that kind of stuff. I love that kind of stuff, and I um, uh, uh, like I, I, it's it's a kind of a great time if you're into that kind of thing because like I remember, I don't know, like 15 years ago, like I called my manager and was like, okay, so what I want is to build a house in South Dakota, mm-hmm. like a tiny house. And only play shows there for like a year, and anyone could come. And it's like it was like there, there's no way I'm going to find money for that. But now you go to somebody and say that they're like, "Ooh, son, tell me more, tell me more." Yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, because there's no because you know everyone's so desperate for money and ideas that people something take unique. ideas here. So if I say something like I want to do a song that I only record on Sony dictation devices, and if you want a copy of it, you have to buy a dictation device, and mm-hmm. I will sing it in there people are like great cool let's set up a web page let's figure out how to how to do this yeah whereas you know there there was a time when people would have been just like no uh, do another album are you thinking long term now after because your album's coming out i want to remind everybody october 14th the heart watches while the brain burns is coming out october 14th are you going to continue doing the living room tour when that album comes out or are you kind of wrapping that up and going to look for a different type of tour with this next album? Uh, I'm going to do a, a t- first of all, I'm going to do a tour in 
October, November, just doing radio stations, playing record stores, Great. pushing the album. But then um, I'm working on a, a full U.S. tour in January, February, and March of 2017 with a band. Oh, so great. I'm going to put out the record, let it be out for a little while, let people hear that stuff. Uh, and then I'm uh, uh, going to go out and do like a full band tour, which I'm really excited about. Um, will Scrap be in the mix? Scrap will definitely be in the mix. I'm trying to like employ some of that sort of face call stuff, the, the hand signal stuff, and figure out oh. how to do it within the, 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 the context of like the Doty show. So mm-hmm. it's more... Um, it kind of adds a dynamic. It's not, I, I, there's no way you can describe it without it sounding incredibly pretentious, but it really is just, <laughs> just a way of I think it sounds interesting. I don't think it sounds pretentious at all. I think it sounds interesting and different, and it, I love it, that. It really is, but, you know, I mean, if, if you come see it, it's like, oh, that's cool, but it, but if you're like, well, it's a, it's a series of uh, hand gestures <laughs> meant to control the volume of the music based on a piece by John Zorn. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Will you be serving pour over coffee? I know, yeah. <laughs> and I sure would be if I could, believe because me. Because then it would be like hipster pretension. It would just be all of the amazing things. I have to, t- <laughs> I have to tell you, I'm friends with um, Sam Sifton, who mm-hmm. is a, a writer for the New York Times and used to run their food section, their dining section. And his, he does a Thanksgiving dinner every year that is legendary. Oh wow! Yeah, and he he is like. He now he started like I think he wrote a book about it and but just like being having access to Sam Sifton's Thanksgiving is one of the most amazing things <laughs> and I've never been able to contribute and one of these year uh, I want to be like let me do the pour over coffee yes! <laughs> let me because I will just I will rock it I will be like what do you want you want Guatemalan you want uh, aroma what do you want. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, like a condensed milk. What kind of milk you want? What do you? Yeah. Well, maybe one day he will actually let you do that. And I want to um, thank you so oh, much, dude, this is so much for fun. coming Definitely. by and being on my little podcast. This has been such a thrill oh. for us. Well, uh, people should know that we are in like a sunlit dining room <laughs> at a nice wooden dining table. There's <laughs> flowers and candles and and windows so we feel like we're connected to the world yeah. and it's really like we like having the light yeah. for sure it just seems more welcoming and inviting and that's the that's what we're trying to achieve we wanted you to feel welcome so i'm so glad you're here and uh, before we go i want to tell everybody i'm going to put information up about your new album on my website as well as where they can find uh, some of your previous albums. I'm going to assume the next time you come back to LA that we're friends and we're all just going to hang out. We're we going to go, that. we'll go to Stumptown Coffee and we'll try there. <laughs> yeah, we'll totally. try their pour overs and, <laughs> yep. and do a cupping and stuff like that. Um, thank you so much. This has You're truly so been a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, and thank you guys. And Chris, thank you for, yeah, thank for you. being Thanks on my podcast. Happy anniversary. Happy yeah, anniversary. anniversary. Yay. This was so much fun. Um, make sure you guys follow me on Twitter at MIH Podcast and at Heather Brooker. Also, follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Motherhood in Hollywood. And also, don't forget to go to motherhoodinhollywood.com to keep up with the latest happenings and shenanigans in my world. Have a great day, everybody. A great week. And remember, I'm not a perfect mom, but I can play one on TV. Bye.
balls. Rediscover Cupid, Bacchus, Hermes, Medusa, and other beloved mythological heroes and gods at the Getty Villa, an enchanting recreation of an ancient Roman country house in a quiet canyon overlooking the Pacific Ocean. Discover masterpieces never before on view and explore the Getty Museum's Greek, Roman, and Etruscan treasures. The Getty Villa, located just one mile north of Sunset Boulevard on the Pacific Coast Highway. Reserve your free tickets today at getty.edu villa. Got a friend in me. You've got a friend in me. Celebrate friendship and beyond during the first ever Pixar Fest with the all new Pixar themed fireworks spectacular and your favorite park parades. Celebrate from April 13th through September 3rd only at Disneyland Resort. Visit Disneyland.com for details. There isn't anything I wouldn't do for you. You've got a friend in me. Entertainment subject to change without notice.